You're listening to the Bonfire Podcast, fanning the flames of the gospel to the ends of the world. Come on, let's dive into the Word. Well, welcome on into the Bonfire Podcast, everyone. We are, again, glad that you're joining us for this week's episode of the Bonefire Podcast. If you are a first-time listener, welcome in. Uh, you've stumbled upon uh, what I believe, and I'm a little biased, is the best uh, Bible study podcast uh, that is currently out and about and, and available to you. So uh, we want to thank you for coming and joining us, and we want to encourage you to go back and check out some of our, our past episodes and, and see the content that's there. And again, if you are one of our longtime listeners, we want to thank you and uh, just, again, show our appreciation for continuing to uh, to listen and support. And, and again, Again, we hope this is uh, is a blessing uh, to you. You know, Dad, when we uh, met last time, we mm-hmm. uh, were covering the topic of a very serious and heavy topic of, of hell. Right. And um, if you look at eternity from uh, the standpoint of a coin, on one side would be hell, and I guess on the other side of that coin would be heaven. Mm-hmm. And that's really where we want to spend our, our focus today is talking about uh, heaven and what heaven is and, and what the Bible has to say about heaven. And I think we'll probably end up staying here probably for a couple weeks. Um, I think we're going to uh, do our dive in today to talk about uh, what the Bible says about heaven. And then I believe on our next episode, um, I think we're going to look at some questions people Bye. typically have about heaven. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, hopefully, uh, those of you who are listening, uh, you'll you'll just get a lot out of this. This is uh, just, uh, for those of us who are believers, this is very comforting uh, to hear about what eternity looks like. And those of you that may not know uh, what your eternity is, uh, listen in closely and, and you'll see, uh, compared to last week, there is a stark um, a stark difference between uh, the difference uh, you know, between uh, heaven and hell. We hope to point that out for you this week. You know, Dad, in uh, looking at some of uh, the, the study that we uh, reported last week, uh, the Pew Research Center uh, reported that roughly 72% of Americans uh, believe in heaven. And I found it interesting as I was reading through that um, that study that it, it noted that even those uh, people who are not professing to be religious people mm-hmm. still believe that there is a heaven. It's it's right. It's something about the human nature that really wants there to be an afterlife. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's really something about human nature that draws people to wonder what happens after I draw my my last breath. And then right. it's also human, you know, kind of inclination that we want everything to be positive, right? right? And so uh, that's why 72% of people uh, believe that there is a heaven. And what I found interesting as I was looking at the study is how they um, defined what uh, heaven was. And they defined it in the study as a place where people who have led good lives um, or live uh, and are eternally rewarded. Mm-hmm. And um, it's an interesting focus there that they put that, again, back on the person about being eternally uh, rewarded there. But mm-hmm. uh, today we want to really uh, get into this episode to see what the Bible has to say about what heaven is. And um, mm-hmm. that is actually the, the title of our episode this week is going to be Heaven Is. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be looking at a bunch of statements that uh, what heaven is mm-hmm. in this episode. So if you have your Bible, we want you to turn with us. We're going to be um, looking at Revelations 21 and 22. Um, for the, the, the base of our, our text here, we're going to read a few verses in 21. But then as we get into this, we're going to be jumping between 21 and 22 and, and, and all over the place. And so um, if you guys your Bible, you may want to hold on uh, because we're going to be uh, moving quickly and just kind of jumping around. But for starting purposes, we'll start at Revelation 21, uh, verses 1 through 7. And let's read that together now. It says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. 
Then I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. Mm -hmm. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eye. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things had passed, has passed away. Mm-hmm. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will give the fountain of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Mm-hmm. And so that's the first part of uh, Re- Revelations chapter 21. And if you're not familiar with Revelations, uh, this is John writing, and uh, this is the same John that um, we talked about there for several weeks, who right. we believe to be the author First uh, John, mm-hmm. uh, who was also the author of the Gospel of John uh, mm-hmm. earlier in the New Testament. And and just from a historical perspective, uh, at this point in uh, John's life, he has been exiled out to the out, uh, island of Patmos, and uh, he is out. And uh, God chose to reveal to him, pull back the kind of the the drapery of heaven, and gave him a vision into what uh, heaven and the end times are going to look like. And uh, verses or chapters twenty one and twenty two is just where we get a lot of detail about uh, what heaven is, mm-hmm. Dad. And so, you know, when I was uh, going through this. I came up with really seven things uh, that heaven is, and I'd like to walk through these uh, statements here as we, we work with our listeners today uh, to just talk about heaven and and really just dive in to understand what uh, what God has prepared for us, uh, for those of us who are prepared ourselves mm-hmm. at the end of life. And so the first uh, statement that I, that I come across and I see as we look at these verses is that heaven is coming to earth. And that's verses 1 and 2. We read from verses 1 and 2 that the current heaven, and that's not talking about necessarily the spiritual heaven. That's the, the mm. physical heaven. That's where right. the, the birds are, and that's mm. where the stars and sky is, if you mm. will. Uh, that, that's going to pass away, and so is this, this earth that we're on right now. And all things are going to be made new. And then John says that he sees the new Jerusalem, the holy city, and that would be the spiritual heaven mm. that we're going to be talking about today, coming down and residing on earth. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the Apostle John compares heaven, after Jesus is finished with it, as a bride adorned for her husband. Now, a bride does not just come walking down an aisle to meet her husband shabbily dressed. No, she makes sure that before she walks down the aisle, everything is perfect. Every hair is in place, her makeup is just right, and her dress fits perfect. I've known a lot of women to go on diets before they get married and drop a few pounds. They want to look the best they can when they walk down that aisle. Well, speaking of heaven in its completed state, the Apostle John says that it's going to be perfect when Jesus gets through with it. Oh, it's going to be a, a, a great uh, a great place. It's going to be a perfect place, as you said there, Dad. And you know, the next thing that I saw that that uh, can be said about heaven is that heaven is is full of perfected people. 
You know, it's a perfect mm-hmm. place, but it's also got perfect people. And now many of you may be listening and saying, now, wait a minute uh, here. You know, we've heard you talk before and you've said that no one's perfect. And you said that you don't have to be perfect uh, because of, of grace that's available to us. And mm-hmm. and that is definitely true. But what we see here in verse 3 of, of 21, we, we see where God is coming to live with men and men uh, will live with God and he will dwell with them. And this will be God's people. And these are perfect people because they've been fully perfected at this point. Uh, they've received their, uh, their full sanctification and glorification of their bodies. And they are perfect people. So these perfect people are not only God's people, but the second thing I see here is they're satisfied people as well. If you look at verse 6, um, it says that, um, that that God is going to be giving uh, free of living and abundant water. And so there's not going to be any needs uh, of these people. These are going to be fully satisfied people. And then the last thing I see about these perfected people, Dad, is that they're overcoming uh, people. In verse 7, uh, you'll see that the the words overcoming being used or overcomer being used. And this is something that John has used before. We actually saw that um, when we did the Blessed Assurance podcast series. And First John, he refers to the believers as being overcomers. Mm-hmm. And then here he says those who have overcome are going to be inheriting just everything that God has to give them. That's right. You know, Matt, when I think about who's going to be in heaven— uh, verse 8 sticks out in mind, and this tells us who's not going to be in heaven. Uh, John writes, But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now, some people hearing that out there in the podcast audience is probably already thinking, Well, boy, I won't get to be in heaven because I fall under the category of the sexually immoral, or I at one time was an idolater. I worship the material things of this world rather than worship God. Well, let me give you some hope if you fall into one of these categories. There will be people in heaven that have committed sins like this, but they have been forgiven by God. Now, over in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11 Paul reminds the Corinthians, because Corinth was one corrupt town, he said, But do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? And he said, Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers. And he listed similarly the same things that John says in verse 8. And then in verse 11, he says to the Corinthians, And such were some of you, but you were washed. But you were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. Thank God that you can be guilty of sin in this world. You can be a fornicator or having once been a fornicator, adulterer, etc. You can be forgiven of your sin. Your sin can be washed away by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can go to heaven. It's not because of your own merits. Your righteousness, like mine, is that of a filthy rag. It is because of the righteousness of the Lord Jesus that has been transferred to you, your spiritual empty bank account, when you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. We go because of Him. And so there's hope for you out there in the audience. If you have sinned, you can be a part of heaven because the people that are up there that's told about in verse 8, there are people that did not repent of their sin. Mm. 
Very true. Very true. So if you're following along, we've looked at heaven is coming to earth. That was our first point. Our second is heaven is full of perfected people uh, that we just went through there. And then the third thing that we want to talk about is heaven is a beautiful city. And, you know, Dad, uh, John describes the beauty of the New Jerusalem uh, using the language that was at his disposal. But as you read through this, you kind of get the impression that John was trying to describe something that was really un- undescribable or indescribable. And um, if you're looking in your Bible, we're in Revelations, again, chapter 21, and this is verses 10 through 21, where he really begins to dive in and talk about what this city looks like. And I want us just to look at a few of the things here uh, that John talks about. So the first thing that we come across is he says that there are 12 gates, and each gate, uh, each individual gate was one entire entire pearl. And those 12 gates represent the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. Do you ever wonder why the gates are made of pearl? All stones mentioned in Revelation can be found on this earth and comes from either metal or rock, with the exception of the pearl. The pearl comes from living flesh. Through pain and, and suffering, the oyster produces the pearl. The pearl starts from a grain of sand that gets into the oyster and causes the oyster pain. To protect itself, the oyster coats the grain of sand, and through much suffering by the oyster, the pearl is produced. Do you know what the gates of heaven being made of pearl says to us? It says that the only reason that we're going to be there is because someone else suffered and was wounded. Folks, the only reason that I'm going to be in heaven is because of Jesus who died for me, and that's the only reason anybody will be in heaven. Hmm. Not only are there 12 gates, but uh, John says there are also 12 foundations, and uh, those 12 foundations represent the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And uh, he says that they were adorned with all kinds of precious stones, and, and it goes through here and, and, and lists each and every one of those, and I won't go through those for detail, but just think of the beauty of these precious stones that are laid out here as as the foundations of the city. And then the next thing we see is that the city is a square, and the city is set up, and John says that they actually were able to measure the city, and it measured 12,000 furlongs. And Dad, you were talking to me before we got started that... You had some information on the actual size of the city. What did you find? Right. Well, changing the old way of measurement over to today's term, according to John, the celestial city is 1,500 miles cubed. That means it is 1,500 miles tall, 1,500 miles deep, and 1,500 miles wide. A Christian architect has figured up that's about 2 million 225,000 square miles. By comparison, the city of London, England, is only 140 square miles. Most likely, with the New Jerusalem being 1,500 miles high, it will be tiered with one floor after another, making room for untold billions of people. Mm. You know, I saw another statistic, Dad, and just talking about the size of heaven, uh, that says, based off of that, those measurements there that you, you gave, that that would be nearly, uh, or actually over, four times the size of the largest American state, Alaska. Uh-huh. And so think about how large Alaska is, and that would be four times that size. So just a massive uh, a massive area mm-hmm. um, that, that's going to be prepared for, again, those who are prepared. Mm-hmm. And then we see that there are great walls. Uh, John talks about that there are walls that are, are 144 cubics, and they're made of jasper. 
And, uh, you know, as you think about the, the size, Dad, that you were just talking about, I read where one writer was, was discussing that the walls are, although those are grand walls, those are relatively small walls considering the, the entire size of the city. But it just goes to show that there is no real need for for protection. And that was the primary purpose for walls in the ancient world, is they would build these giant walls, and that was for protection of that city. Well, there won't need to be uh, that protection. It'll just be there just to define the outline of the city. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, someone has estimated that the wall in heaven will be 216 feet thick. And you can easily see how it would take that, according to verse 14, uh, you know, for the 12 foundations to support it. Mm-hmm. The other things that we see about the uh, this glorious uh, heavenly city or the New Jerusalem, as John talks about, he said that the city is a pure gold and as clear as glass, and it has the streets of gold. And then as you look over into verse uh, into chapter 22, you see that there is a river uh, of water of life proceeding from the throne of God, uh, of the Lamb. And, and there's the tree of life, and it bears fruit. And that tree of life, Dad, that's that same tree of life that uh, is where life began, right? Right, uh, right there in, in paradise, Eden. In, in, in Eden, uh, there in, in Genesis. And so uh, that tree is there, and it's bearing fruits, 12 fruits, one fruit for every uh, every month, and and just goes to show that all of our needs and all of our our uh, de- I guess we won't say de- desires, but our needs will be met there in heaven. We'll be satisfied, people, as we talked about earlier. That's right. You know, you mentioned the the street of uh, pure gold. Uh, someone pointed this out to me. Verse twenty one uh, actually says, "And the street of the city is pure gold." And like I said, notice the word street not streets. There's no way you can get lost in heaven, not even in the physical sense. There's only one continuous street, and the and rest assured, it leads to the throne wherever you're at. Mm. And also notice that the street, like you said, is going to be pure gold. Someone pointed out that when we get to heaven, you know, we're going to be walking on gold. Someone said that on earth, men walk on God and worship gold, but in heaven, men's going to walk on gold and worship God. Oh, that's good right there. So it's going to be a beautiful city. And and again, our, our earthly uh, words uh, probably aren't even doing it justice. We can't we can't really capture exactly what it's going to be. But if you can just imagine, you know, the most beautiful uh, picture that's ever been painted, uh, whatever your favorite scene is, uh, you can guarantee that it's going to be you know more beautiful than that. Yeah, you know, Matt, the story is told of a little blind girl who only knew the beauties of this earth from the lips of her mother. It is said that a noted surgeon worked upon her eyes. At last, his operations were successful. As the last bandage dropped away and the little girl could see, she flew into her mother's arms, then to the window and the door. As the glories of the earth rolled into her vision, she ran screaming back to her mother saying, "'Oh, Mama, why didn't you tell me it was so beautiful?' The mother, wiping away tears of joy, said, My child, I tried to tell you, but I couldn't. One day when we come to heaven, we're going to be asking, Why didn't someone tell me it was so beautiful? And all the writers of Scripture will say, We tried to tell you, but it was impossible. <laughs> oh, it's a great story there, and I, and I believe that we will be. We'll be shocked by what we see and and, and, and the words of John and even our best attempts to try and to, to describe it here is just going to fall short for what we're going to see one day uh, when we get there. 
Um, so it's going to be a beautiful city, Dad, but I also see that heaven is the land of the no mores. Mm-hmm. And as you read through uh, uh, the book of Revelation, you'll see that uh, there's the term no more used quite frequently here. And I just wanted to list out those. I started as I was studying. I just started writing them down one after one. And the first one you come to in verse 21, verse 1, is it says there's no more sea. Um, while there's no inherent evil in the sea, uh, these huge bodies of water have proved to be man's enemy. Uh, mm-hmm. Think about how many people have have lost their life in, in the sea, and particularly at the time that John was writing this, imagine how how troubling the sea was to them. I mean, he was stranded on an island right, right there, so the sea represented a barrier. It, it represented a, a hurdle that, that humans had to overcome, and so it doesn't mean there's not going to be any water, because we just talked about there's a river um, of, of water that flows through there, the river of life that, that flows through heaven, and so there's definitely going to be water there, but there's not going to be any sea. You know, Matt, uh, the sea separates. Uh, a lot of people, our ancestors, you know, left Europe and came over here about 300 years ago, and they left family and friends behind. They crossed the big red, the big sea, we call it the Atlantic Ocean, and came all the way over here to America. And so uh, that that ocean separates you know, people that were related to one another, kin to one another, friends. It separates people, that big Atlantic Ocean. Well, I think where it says there's going to be no more sea, it also reminds us of the fact there's going to be nothing up there that's going to separate us from one another or separates us from God. And you know what separates us from God? That's sin. There's not going to be any of that in heaven. <laughs> that's one of those no mores for sure. Uh, the other thing that we see here, the, the next uh, group that we see is that there's no more death. Verse 21, verse uh, 4, no more sorrow, no more crying. And I just think about this old world, Dad, that we live in right now, and there, there is so much death, there's so much sorrow, and there's crying. It, it's it's all around us. You can't uh, go anywhere without uh, you know seeing someone who's who's lost a loved one, or or turning on the news and seeing death uh, play out in our streets. And there's just so much uh, sorrow and so much pain uh, that occurs in this world, and that's not going to be the case there in heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not going to be any death, any sorrow, or any crying. I like the way that W. A. Chris. Well, uh, he put it best when he so eloquently said that there are no stone cutters chiseling epitaphs in glory, no graves on the hillsides of heaven. There are no obituary columns in newspapers, no funeral processions on the street of gold. And that's probably the best way that you can capture that saying there is to say that heaven's going to be a wonderful place where there is no sadness, there is no sorrow, there is no 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 death. Mm-hmm. The other uh, no more that you see there is that there's no more pain. And, and again, this world is filled with so much pain. Uh, there's physical pain. Uh, there's spiritual pain. There's mental pains. Uh, you know, there's just a, a list of pains. And when we think about this whole physical world and all those pains are going to go away. Right. And uh, heaven's going to be a place of, of rest um, and, a, and a place of relief from all of those pains. Yeah. You know, being a pastor for many, many years now, I've seen many a saint uh, living, laying in a hospital bed, and an excruciating pain, and 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 they're just longing, looking forward to getting out of that pain, being free from it, and going to the place where there is no pain whatsoever. Mm-hmm. 
The next no more that we see in Revelation is that there is no more temple. John points out in chapter 21, verse 22, that there was no temple there. And that was strange for him to be looking at Jerusalem where the temple would have been the center of the city. But you know why there's no temple, listeners? It's because uh, the the Father and the Lamb are going to be there. And it says in that verse that they will be the temple. So God is going to be with us. You know, uh, the temple was a place where you went to worship and and to uh, commune with with God, and we're going to be able to to commune and to worship with God mm-hmm. wherever we are in heaven, because that is where God is going to be. That's exactly right. You know, the next no more that I see is that there's no more sun, no more moon, and no more night. And that comes from chapter twenty one, twenty three, and chapter twenty two, verse five. And uh, the reason why you're not going to need a sun, and there's not going to need a moon, and there's not going to be night, is it says that the glory of God is going to illuminate heaven. That's right. You know, we learned in First John that God is is, is light, um, mm-hmm. and we know that uh, that uh, God the Father is uh, veiled in an approachable light, and so mm-hmm. uh, this light is going to be what's providing the light in heaven. Uh, there's not going to be any darkness. Um, you know, we think about nighttime and darkness, and oftentimes. Uh, th- that that brings on fear, mm-hmm. and um, and there's not going to be any fear or darkness because we're going to have the glory of God shining all around us, illuminating the entire place. That's exactly right. That's right. And then, Dad, as you said, uh, you said there's no more no more sin, and in verse 22 uh, or chapter 22, verse three puts it this way: there's no more curse, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, the curse is that original uh, curse. How we got into the predicament that we're in right now? You know, God made Adam and Eve and put them in the midst of paradise and said, you can uh, take care of it, you can work it, you can do anything that you want to, but there's one thing that you can't do, and that is partake of that tree. And when they did uh, go against God's uh, commands and and against his will, uh, a curse came over mankind, and that Mm -hmm. curse is sin. And and we have been under that curse ever since that day that Adam and Eve partook of the fruit. And what's going to be great is we're not going to be under the curse of sin in heaven. There is right. no sin. Uh, there is there is no sin there in heaven. There is no curse in heaven. Right. And, you know, even us as believers who have been saved, we still battle with sin from time to time. Mm-hmm. And it can be very discouraging because you're trying to do your best. You're trying mm-hmm. to live for, for God. But those that sin is just so tricky. Right. The devil comes after you, and you're not going to have to put up with that anymore. That's right. You're, you're not going to have the temptations that you have of this world, and you're not going to have the failures that you continue to have of this world. World because that curse, the That's curse right. of sin, is going to be removed. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, Dad, I, the next thing I see in terms of heaven is that heaven is a is a place of perfected praise and service. And uh, for perfected praise, I went back to Revelation chapter five, verse eleven, and I find it interesting there that uh, John, as he's writing there, he talks about a choir, mm-hmm. and uh, he said that there were 10,000 times 10,000 voices in this choir, and mm-hmm. you know, Dad, you and I, we've heard a lot of great choirs over the years. We mm-hmm. you know, go to the conventions uh, in years gone by, and I just remember uh, there would be several hundred voices in these choirs, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and they just sounded so great, mm-hmm. uh, but even the best choir in this world is not going to sound anything like that perf- perfect right. choir mm-hmm. of 100 million voices that are singing worthy is the lamb in heaven. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be part of our, our role. Many people want to know, well, what are we going to do in heaven? Mm-hmm. And uh, and part of our role there is going to be praise. We're, right. going to, we're going to be members of that choir. We're going to be singing. You may say, well, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. Yeah. Well, guess what? You're going to be a perfected singer that's right. when you get to heaven. And you'll that's be able right. to sing uh, to, to the, off the rooftops there mm-hmm. and shout the praises uh, to the lamb because he is worthy uh, to be praised. And so we're going to have a perfect praise. Uh, 
in heaven, and then we're going to have a perfect service. Revelations chapter 22, verse 3 uh, says that his servants shall serve him. Mm-hmm. And that's an interesting thing. You ask what we're going to do in heaven, where well, we're going to praise, but we're also going to serve. Mm-hmm. And you may say, well, in what way? Well, we don't know exactly what way we'll be serving in heaven, but what we do know is that, you know, as we seek to serve the Lord here on earth, we are constantly handicapped by sin and weakness. But not there. That's exactly right. We right. said there's no curse. There's no uh, there. There's no weakness that's going to be there. There's going to be no sin. And so, whatever our service is, it will be a perfect service that we can offer uh, to the to the King. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. You know, we're going to come back to the subject of heaven the next time, and we'll address some of these questions as to what we might be doing in heaven. Uh, at least what we can find out from the Bible, what we'll be doing in heaven. Hmm. And that uh, next one I see is heaven is our eternal home. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, home is the dearest uh, spot on earth. Mm-hmm. You know, I think all of us uh, uh, have who are fortunate enough to have a home, we love to go home. That's where you can go and you feel comforted uh, when you when you have all of these things going on around you. Home is a place of rest, a place of safety, a place of security. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, although it's a very dear spot on earth, uh, you'll never find a perfect one on this earth. But when that's we get right. to heaven, that's going to be an eternal, perfect home. And, uh, you know, probably the, the big biggest thing about this home is, you know, our, our home is where our family is. Uh, home is where, uh, you know, mom and dad is. And home is where brothers and sisters are. And, and so uh, there in heaven, we're going to have an opportunity, yes, to be with uh, our loved ones uh, who have gone on uh, and, and are believers, and they're going to be there. Uh, so we'll be able to reunite with some of them. But more importantly than all that, we're going to get to be with our Heavenly Father in our home, and that's going to be the greatest part of heaven. That's right. I remember uh, what Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. And, of course, the uh, the word mansion, it could also be translated rooms. And like you mentioned that we think about our father's house, and most of us can remember our childhood days when our parents' house was home, a place where we were loved, cared for, and protected, where we could be ourselves, uh, where we enjoyed warmth and fellowship, stored up a thousand precious memories. Well, the Heavenly Father's house is just like that. And like I said, that, that word mansion can be translated rooms. Now think about a mansion. There is a wonderful mansion up in Asheville, North Carolina, the Biltmore Estate. Mm. And you and I have been there. I like the Biltmore Estate, especially as pretty at Christmas time. There's a lot of people that uh, that get diamond rings up there at the... Uh, yeah, you remember that, that? That is true, yeah. That's right. Such a beautiful place, place of memory for, for Matt. I know that's where he gave his wife a, a beautiful diamond. But it's a it's a wonderful mansion, it, many, many rooms. I was looking at the Internet to find the most expensive, expensive hotel room in the world and discovered that for $50,000 a night, you can stay at the Royal Villa at Grand Resort in Athens, Greece. I know it's got to be beautiful, but I'll tell you what, in comparison to our room in heaven, it doesn't hold a candle. And what's more, our room is free, built by, and paid for by the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Very true. And, you know, again, Dad, uh, there there are going to be rewards in heaven. We haven't really touched on that too much. Um, but uh, you know what? I, I I don't really want to touch on it too much because I think all of us who are who are true believers, we know that there's a, a crown that's that's going to be available to us, and we know that there's going to be a robe uh, that's available to us. But 
you know what, that pales in comparison to getting to to look upon Jesus' face. I love the, the lyrics of that old hymn. It says, mm-hmm. what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. And I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. And so, you know, the Pew Research Center says that uh, heaven is a place where those who live good lives uh, are eternally rewarded. And while we will have our reward there, I'm more excited than being rewarded than uh, than to go and to praise and, and to, to worship the one who saved me by his grace. That's exactly right. You know, Dad, and the last uh, point here as we begin to kind of wrap up this episode is that, um, yes, heaven is a, a wonderful place. Heaven is a beautiful place. Um, we can just talk about it and talk about it and talk about it, and we probably won't ever, again, get to, to describe exactly what it is. But probably the most important point that we need to make sure that everyone's aware of is that heaven is a prepared place uh, for prepared people. That's right. And so um, if we look at Revelation uh, chapter 21, verse 27, it says, But there shall by no means enter anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Yeah. You know, Matt, there's some places that you, you cannot go without having a reservation, and heaven is one of those places. I remember a number of years ago, my wife and I, we were pretty excited because we were going to get to go and visit the Amish country up in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And so that's beautiful land if you've never been up there, just a beautiful place. And there's a very famous theater that has, you know, Christian drama in it. And I told my wife, I said, well, we can buy our tickets for that theater once we get up to Lancaster because I was afraid of purchasing the tickets before we left because there might be someone to pass away in my church. I might have a funeral, and I might not get to go when I planned to go, and I didn't want to lose the money. And so we just decided, well, we'll just take our chance, and when we get up to Lancaster, we'll go and we'll buy those theater tickets and see that that great Christian drama. And once we got up there, we went to the theater, and they were sold out for two weeks. And, of course, I couldn't afford to take two weeks of vacation off and let alone stay in a hotel away for two weeks and wait for us to be able to get in to purchase some tickets. I wished I had made a reservation before I I went up there. Well, there are some places, like I said, where you can't get in uh, on this earth. Uh, businesses, restaurants, hotels, etc., without a reservation. And heaven is one of those places, too. You've got to make your reservation to go to heaven. And how do you reserve a place in heaven? Well, by accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord. By putting your trust in what He did on Calvary's cross to pay the penalty for your sin, believing that after He died to pay the penalty for your sin, He was buried, and He came back to life to prove that He was who He said He was, the Almighty Son of God who can save you, and out of gratitude for what He did for you to repent, to turn away from your sin, and to accept Him as Lord, and and dedicate your life to live for the Lord Jesus. You've got to ask Him to forgive you of your sin. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, the Bible says, shall be saved. The only way you can get to heaven is by confessing Jesus Christ 
uh, as your Savior and Lord, asking Him to forgive you, to come and live inside your life. That's the way you make your reservation. And I want to ask you today out there in podcast land, won't you make your reservation for heaven right now? You see, the the time might come. You might die if you put off the decision to make your reservation for heaven. And then it'd be too late to make a reservation about like me and my wife getting to Lancaster. It was too late to make a reservation for when we wanted one. And if you get to heaven without Jesus, you won't be able to make a reservation. Your time for doing it is right now. And just remember, Dad, Dad and, and our listeners, um, there is a, an opposite side of this coin. And we talked about that last week. Right. Those who, who choose to reject what God has uh, for us um, are facing an eternity of separation away from Him and in darkness and suffering. And, and so um, please, uh, you know, think about uh, the words that we've said both last week and this week and, and take that invitation that Dad just gave you there uh, to accept Jesus as your Lord in Christ and, and, and get that reservation and have your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, as it says here in verse 27, uh, so that when you draw that last breath, uh, that may be your last breath here on earth, but it won't be your your last uh, your last moment in life. You will go into eternity and live for eternity uh, in a wonderful place called heaven. That's right. You know, Dad, uh, some people call it heaven. I love the lyric. Uh, some people call it heaven, but I call it home. Yeah. And, you know, just talking today and, and, and this uh, and this episode, it, it makes you homesick. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I look forward to the day when uh, we can uh, just uh, be in heaven with Jesus and we can worship and we can serve in a, in a perfect world. And I hope all of our listeners uh, get that homesickness as well That's uh, right. from this podcast. And, and we'll be thinking about that and longing for those days. And those of you, again, who, who haven't made that decision, maybe this very podcast and the invitation that was given to you there will speak to you and you'll get homesick as well. Uh, for this wonderful place uh, that's called heaven. That's right. Well, we really appreciate you listening this week, and we want to encourage you to join us next week as we join uh, together again to talk a little bit more about this wonderful topic, about this holy city, the New Jerusalem, a place called heaven. Again, some call it heaven, but I call it home. Yeah. And uh, so we'll see you next week, Dad. Will you pray us out of here? Sure. Our Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to engage with Matt in this discussion about heaven. And, Lord, I pray that maybe it whet the appetite of our podcast audience to learn more about heaven. And, Lord, uh, just like I've plenty of time poured over uh, brochures uh, telling me about a place I wanted to visit, I pray, Lord, that the people listening today would just, uh, just study your word, particularly Revelation chapter 21 and 22, Jesus' words in John 14, when he talked about the place that he was going to go prepare for them, meaning heaven. And Lord, pour over that brochure that you've given us for heaven. And I know, Lord, it will excite uh, the believers about the place they're going to go. And Lord, it will cause those that have not put their faith in Jesus to see your great love for them and preparing a place for them like this. And Lord, we, we know that you didn't want want them to go to hell. You talked about hell, but Lord, you talked about hell to turn people away from it. And you sent Jesus to die on the cross that people might go to heaven. So Lord, I pray those listening today that are separated from God because of sin will repent of their sin and put their trust in Jesus and get to reading this brochure about heaven. And Lord, just start telling other people about where they're going uh, to get a bus load up to go with them. And we ask all this in Jesus' name, and we love you. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bonfire Podcast. 
We encourage you to subscribe wherever you stream your podcast content. Also, be sure to rate us on iTunes and Facebook so that others will know about the podcast. If you have a question that you'd like to see us address on an episode, feel free to email us at bonefireministries at gmail.com.